0: Episode 86, Tom Cronin. Welcome. I want your ears, your attention, and your motorcycle. Now, give them to me. Check out this fantastic podcast. Tracking down the finest alpha minds on the planet for you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Live limitless. Okay, guys. We have a brilliant one for you. If Your life is a little bit hectic and you've got loads going on. We have the founder of the Stillness Project with us today. Tom Cronin spent 26 years as a broker. After suffering a lot of stress in his job, he turned to meditation to help manage the symptoms. This was life-changing for Tom. He recently walked away from the industry at the height of his 26-year successful career to fulfill his mission of spreading calm and stillness across the globe. So uh, This is an absolutely brilliant episode for us, guys. We haven't had one specifically focusing on meditation. Tom has been teaching meditation for many years now and has inspired thousands of people all over the world as a teacher, author and keynote speaker to unlock their brilliance and calm with meditation. He's been featured on national TV in Australia, the Sydney Morning Herald, Huffington Post, Vogue magazine, Qantas Traveller, 9MSN, the Sunday Telegraph and countless blog sites. Tom has an unwavering commitment to reducing stress and chaos in people's lives, cultivating peace, calm and shared abundance through his movement, The Stillness Project. Well, if you didn't catch that from the intro, guys, there's a lot of mention of Sydney morning this and Australia that. So he's coming to us from Australia this morning, his evening, I should say. Tom, are you ready to awaken your alpha? Let's do it. (laughs) That was, (laughs) I mean, that was a full on um, buyer. You've been up to lots. Sounds absolutely awesome. I mean, the stillness project just when I went and looked into it, it just jumped out as me as this is brilliant because I need to do more meditation people are just taking on more and more all the time. We talked just before that you've got so much on the go. I've got loads on the go. The word overwhelm springs to mind at me at the moment. So I'm like, oh my goodness, the Stillness Project and this interview is absolutely perfect for me personally at the moment. Is there anything else you'd like to add to your bio or anything we missed out? That- <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, there's plenty there, isn't there? But yeah. <laughs> um, just to, just to, just to throw a little bit into the mix, I'm also producing a feature film just to kind of you know, fill in any gaps I might have had in my life I just thought why don't I just produce a film as well <laughs> so um, yeah that's another little project that I've got on the side which is actually not so much little but it's quite substantial yeah and it's a film that we want to um that we will produce and and release in late um 2015 early 2016 which is going to really rock the foundations I think of the planet you know our intention is to put out a film that will have people talking and acting in a different way for a long, long time. And it is really a shift in
0: the blueprint is what we want to create. No, it sounds absolutely awesome. And for someone like me who just loves like, like I love the the stillness project is such a, I love the name of that it just says a lot but can you tell us the name of this feature film because the name as well I thought was very cool yeah the film coming out is called
1: superhuman and it's looking into um, our untapped human potential so we'll be be exploring that in the film which is very exciting and the stillness project is all about that it's the vehicle that really does unlock this inner potential that we all have this this magnificence this calm this Lowingness, this lightness, um, and you know that's what stillness was for me. It was something that really was a salvation, really, from the very stressed and chaotic and depressed state that I was in while I was a broker in finance. And
0: that's what's compelled me to to create this movement, the Stillness Project, and inspire people to start meditating. For someone who doesn't even know too much about that world, almost the opposite end of the continuum from what you're doing with the Stillness Project now, a broker just sounds, and from what I've seen, whether it's in the media or just documentaries, it seems like an absolutely insane amount of stress and just go, go, go and just craziness. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because that's the first thing people say when I say I was in finance.
1: It's like, oh my God, that was, and even when I was in finance, you know, wow, that must be a stressful job. And, you know, it's funny if you think about what stress is, and I've done a lot of study into this over the last 20 years since I've been meditating. um, You know, stress is a response to a situation. It's not the situation itself. So, I spent 10 years in finance in a very stressed state and I spent 15 years in finance after that in a very calm state. So, Mm -hmm. it wasn't finance itself or the job itself that was stressful. It was the way I related to it and the choices that I made while I was in it. And once I started to expand my consciousness, once I started to um, not be reactive and be proactive within my job, um, things started to change quite dramatically. So, instead of you know, going to the bar after work, after having a hectic day of turning over a billion dollars worth of swaps and bonds, um, and having this adrenaline pouring through my system because it's manic. It is a really intense job. Uh, you know, I don't know if anyone listening has seen Wolf of Wall Street. Well, oh, I love that, that film. <laughs> really, Yeah, look, I mean, that was exactly that. He started 1987. That lunch he had to get his job. That was uh, almost the replica type lunch that I had to get my job. You know, it was just. <laughs> The parallels in that were so similar to to my job back in 1987, 88, 89. It was a crazy time. Markets were out of control. We had the market crash, and it was just greed is good. Bud Fox, Wolf of Wall Street, Gordon Gecko, you know, Bonfire of the Vannies. That was what it was like for us, and
0: um, you know, things were pretty chaotic. Uh, um, uh, to the oh, sorry. You know, sorry, sorry, just right? Something just went playing on one of your websites. <laughs> sorry, carry on. <laughs> and so
1: you know it was just uh how do i manage this you know at the time i was not managing it very well you know i was uh, addicted to drugs and getting wrecked every night and we would be up till three four five in the morning with clients taking traders out and you know almost unlimited expense accounts to some really crazy shit man i was just out of control stuff (laughs) and of course when we live life like that what happens is that we we get cues we get a little message to say look This is not evolutionary, this is not aligned with natural law, this is not how we're meant to be living our life. Um, This is trying to seek fulfillment in a place where fulfillment doesn't exist. It may be short term but it comes with a karmic consequence. Everything is cause and effect and every action has a corresponding effect. And what I was experiencing was a negative effect because of the negative action. And so I started to experience a lot of anxiety and panic attacks and insomnia and depression. And my life just got worse. This is Jordan Belfort's life got worse. You know, it was just chaos, right? And if we have inner chaos, we're going to have outer chaos. And if we have outer chaos, we're going to have inner chaos. And so it really was about shifting things. And once I started to find this inner peace, this inner calm, it was interesting. The choices I made were very different. You know, I'd come off the end of a day's training. And I didn't want to go and get wasted. I actually wanted to go and meditate. I wanted to go do yoga class. I wanted to go surfing. I wanted to go for a walk in the forest. And um, I wanted to go home and see my family. So I started to make very different choices um, once um, I started to change the nature of my mind and my body and my nervous system.
0: Brilliant. I mean, getting to that point, though, I mean, it sounds like a long journey. I just want to go a step back um, because, obviously, that that's so it- so interesting. I think a lot of people are going to focus on that. I just want to find a quick about your origins. We like to find the origin story. I mean, where are you originally from? Where did you grow up? And what did you want to be w- when you was growing up? Like, what led you into the financial institutions? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, my parents are actually from uh, from
1: Birmingham. Um, oh. They moved. <laughs> yeah, they moved to Australia after they got married. And um, you know, I, I grew up on a farm. And after that, um, growing up at a farm, and through my high school, I qualified for a university degree to do journalism. And I was in one of these sort of, you know, young, um, you know, sort of romantics, I guess in some respects. I sort of really um glamorized the 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 deep and dark sort of thinkers. You know, I was sort of walking around with, you know, Jean-Paul Sartre books under my hand, listening to the Smiths and, Susie and the Banshees and, you know, on a crusade to fight against um bureaucracy and and challenged the establishment. And you know, I went backpacking overseas um, you know, to Paris and America and and eng- worked in England for a while and I sort of, you know, really headstrong and had a strong sense of like, you know, stuff society. It's time to change the paradigm type yeah. thing. Then I came back and I had like 3 months to fill in and you know I was certainly by no means drawn to the finance industry. It was probably the last place in the world that I would have gone into but I had some months to fill in before university started and I was going to be one of these sort of writers for Time Magazine that was going to really sort of push the boundaries of journalism but I just applied for a few jobs in the paper and one of them was in finance. Um, This was the one that popped up but they paid me so much money, man. It was crazy. So after three months, um, when I was supposed to go to university, they gave me another big bonus and pay rise because my probation was up. And when I went to leave um, the job to go into my uni degree, it was just one of those things. I just kept going back to the job and the money, and then got caught in it because the grade was good back in the eighties. Yeah,
0: I know. It's it's, I imagine it's tricky as well when you're. If you're earning quite good money and then you're going to university and it's kind of like when you leave university, a lot of people are almost like square one. Like, what the hell do I do now? And they're like poor students a lot of times. So if you've already sort of cracked the f- the sort of financial code, it's kind of like why are you going to university? And I can imagine that the, <laughs> that's kind of pulling you in two different directions.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I was like 19, 20 years old and I was on a six-figure salary. So it was like, it was almost a no-brainer for me. You know, it was yeah. fun. We had expense accounts. We had chefs. We had personal trainers we had you know all sorts of crazy stuff and you know it was young and glamorous it was good fun it was good times so um one of those things that i just um you know i didn't end up doing that degree i never made that you end up being in finance for 26 years but funnily enough i've done that full circle and now i'm doing a lot of writing so i've gone back to doing what i love
0: which is writing so far a lot of your journey sounds like it was um you know the, the sort of awakening moments and how you changed for it. it sounds like it was very sort of a personal thing but this is our Yoda question. Who helped awaken your alpha? You know, were there some key figures along the journey that really stand out to like, whoa, that was, I'm think. I'm trying to think in uh, the Jordan Belfont in the Wolf of Wall Street, obviously, uh, <laughs> Matthew McConaughey and stuff like that. Who was yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, you
1: know, um, the, the shift for me out of that sort of slumber of, of chaos that I was, I was living, you know, this, I call it being asleep, you know, we're either awake or asleep and I was walking asleep um, but, you know, once I, I did a lot of research into learning to meditate, and I found a teacher that really was quite a remarkable man. Uh, probably one of the world's great exponents of Vedic wisdom. His name's Tom Knowles, T H uh, O M and um, and Knowles, and he's based in America, but he was based in Australia at the time. And you know, he was just an inspirational, uh, incredible, enlightened teacher that taught me um, how to wake up. Really, he taught me how to meditate, and um, you know, I spent a lot of time on retreats with him. And really sat at the feet of this great master that really helped me to sort of learn many things about the fundamental truths of life. So, you know, great deal of gratitude towards this man who um, taught me a lot of things.
0: Brilliant. That sounds like the answer to our awakening question. You know, what was the breaking point? I mean, did you find, Tom, after sort of your kind of your breaking point when you're sort of 15 years yeah. in into the financial? Because like you say, if, you're, if you've are you been getting the mo- the money and you're in the cycle and you're walking around asleep, Obviously, and you've been, I mean, if I'm thinking of any kind of like Wolf of Wall Street type films, you've been through all sorts of situations. Um, What was the breaking point? Because there's stress and stress for years. What finally snapped you Thought right, you need to make some changes? Yeah, that's a really good question um, because that's exactly it. It was a snap. Most
1: people kind of ensure that there's a change that's needed. You know, things get uncomfortable and being uncomfortable. In fact, I just come from meditation class where I I was talking to uh, 60 students and, I was talking about stress, pain and suffering and turmoil and chaos. And whenever we have these symptoms in our lives, whether it's an individual or as a nation or as a company, it really is just a message. There's a cue for us to do something different. Any level of chaos or turmoil is a cue for us that we need to change what we're doing and reassess the model and try a different model. And for me, it was this... Um, you know, I kept ignoring those messages, I kept ignoring those cues, kept doing the same thing over and over again, and of course, the message just got louder and louder and louder until one point, exactly as you said, it was a snap, and that was a day where I woke up and it was a complete not nervous breakdown I, I was a babbling mess, I just couldn't stop crying, my body was shaking. Yeah. Um, I had no idea what was going on. I uh, managed to crawl my way out of the house and get to the doctors, and I thought I was dying, you know i had, <laughs> I didn't know what it was yeah. And you know when he revealed to me that I was having a nervous breakdown, I was like, "Dude, like I'm master of the universe. I'm not (laughs) having a breakdown. What are you talking about? You know, surely it's my heart or something like that." And um, it was it was a really severe wake up call. It was like someone had just punched me in the face, Uh, and that was the most demoralizing thing to think that I had this deluded idea about who I was, but in effect, I was just this crumbling wreck. And um, and that's when. I was in a choiceless state. I really had um, I, I had to make a change. I, I could not possibly go another day like I was doing what I was doing, and I had to make a change, and that's when um I started to look for other alternatives to the life that I was living.
0: I was gonna say, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening who've who've had their own similar version of that. Um when you went looking, is is this when you stumbled across Tom, this uh the the guy yeah,
1: I mean, I, I I knew. See, I went to the doctor. Sent me to like the top psychiatrist in Sydney, you know, and yeah. um, I was paid really well. And they sent me to a clinic, and this, you know, what they were proposing to me was just not what I, I felt compelled to do. You know, they they were proposing more medication or medication yeah. and. Therapy, and you know, there's something inside me just didn't vibe with that. You know, I, d- I didn't like the idea of taking drugs. I'm like, did I had enough of those things? Um, and I-, I had to find a calmer, more peaceful, more alternative way than that. And so, I started looking into lots of different meditation styles. I knew I had to meditate. I tried yoga and Qigong and massage and all that, but I was still getting this depression and anxiety, and I, I knew I had to get meditating. So. I just, I just tried lots of different techniques and it wasn't until I came across this guy and he talked, from, he was a neuroscientist. So he talked ah, from a very okay. scientific background and incorporated, you know, ancient Vedic sort of spiritual philosophy with science. And I just love that blend. And that's where I kind of really felt connected and, and inspired to, to, um, to learn with that person. And that's why I decided to go down that path.
0: Brilliant. I know you talked about neuroscience there and I uh, just want to shout out to uh, Dr. Nick Lucas who connected us and uh, he was one of, our, one of our early episodes. He's been on b- before and yeah, I mean his episode was just so interesting. You know, he wasn't just talking about meditation and different things in the brain. He was obviously going really deep as a, a doctor in that field. It was it was absolutely awesome. Still one of our most popular episodes, so a little shout out to that and thanks for connecting us, Nick, if you're listening in.
1: Yeah, he's a great man and uh, yeah, very wise uh and very intelligent person, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed as well to be involved with him.
0: I just want to jump straight into then, for people listening, we're really this episode is all about you know, trying to create a life without stress, anxiety, depression, maybe three key tips on you know, how to reduce stre- stress, anxiety, and depression. For- Absolutely. So everyone has the ability
1: no matter how far gone they are, you know, I was was like a drug addict. I was suffering depression, clinical depression. I was suicidal. It doesn't matter how far gone you are. Everyone has the ability to rewrite their path, to get back on orbit. And the further off orbit, obviously the longer it's going to take to get back into orbit. But you can get back in orbit real quick. And, you know, it just takes a shift in lifestyle, a shift in the model. Um, Some tips that I would recommend – First and foremost, learn to meditate. Absolutely, number one priority yeah. before anything else. I think is absolute key. I try to do a lot of different things, but if your state of mind, if your consciousness, everything flows from consciousness. And if you're not expanding consciousness, if you're not shifting your consciousness, then you're going to keep doing the same thing over and over again. It's like Einstein said, that definition definition of insanity, um, you know, is doing the same thing over and over again with and trying to expect a different result. And you know, we can't make different decisions when we're operating from the same state of mind. We have to change our state of mind. So, um, you know, go to Stillness Project. You can learn online. Um, you can learn with me if you're in Sydney. If you can't learn with me in Sydney, then you can learn our online course. We've got a wonderful 21-day meditation program, which is really the courses I run here on weekends, but we've got in a beautiful... Um, up close and personal video format, which we've um, managed to enable the entire world to access meditation now. I get emails from people all over the world every day how much we've changed their lives. So, meditation number one. Um, a couple of other things, really simple things, is we just got to cut back on doing so much stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We do crazy stuff. You know, it's, it's, uh, you know, even me. You know, I'm a meditation teacher. I've been teach. I've been meditating for 20 years. I, I'm still like checking emails at the traffic lights. It's crazy, right? No, it's, well, it's, a const-
0: it's a constant uh, application and process, isn't it? You can't sort of, even like you say yourself. You can't think right. You are like the meditation legend, and then just stop the next day because you, you've got it covered. Like you've got a. It's a constant practice.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm really conscious about taking time out and structuring my day with with yeah. gaps. Um, yeah. not only gaps in meditation. So I meditate every day, morning and evening for 20 minutes. That's really important where I'm not processing data. But I spend time with nature and you probably, if anyone checks out my Instagram, you'll see <laughs> that, um, you know, I spend a lot of time at the beach, I spend a lot of time in parks, I spend a lot of time under trees. I make sure each day I put aside time to just sit and be and engage in the beauty of the world around yeah. me through my five senses. The <laughs> next big thing I'd say, well, we've got to
0: start going to bed earlier. Oh um, like, are you sure you haven't been yeah. checking up on me? This is this is this is spot <laughs> yeah. on for me. I've just I've taken on too much at the moment. I've got in a just recently I've got into a, a lazy and it's you know it's uh, it takes more discipline to I know I'm tired and I'm just but it's just that lazy of just not getting up and just going to bed instead. Yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah. that man. You carry on well,
1: I think, yeah, look, ten o'clock. I mean we should be t- turning up all technology at ten o'clock at the latest. Amen. Your life would be very different if you go to sleep at ten o'clock. You'll just watch it.
0: Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And if people think, oh, that's, that seems quite obvious, quite simple, well, it's, you know, it's, it's key and it's just, you've just got to apply it because I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of people think, yeah, that makes sense. Well, you've just got to do it. And like you say, that combination of them three together, that's going to be, have a really powerful impact just to get you going. And then if they, if they want to delve deeper, they should definitely get over to the Stillness Project. Or watch mm. Superhuman in the next year, which I'm looking yeah, forward exactly. to. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. I'm just going to mix up the pace of this a little bit now. This is our yin-yang round. So this is where we get to find out a little bit more about you, the sort of thing that won't be on your stillness project or blog. Um, so I'm just going to give you some 50-50 options, and we'll see where it takes us. Sure. Okay. Night or day? Day. Beach or Forest. <sighs>
1: That's a tough one. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to go both on him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Can I do that? Okay. okay. I, I'll put it in this scenario then. You're standing I'm at the beach every day. Okay. So well you you're standing stand in the middle of wherever, and you've got the beach one way, forest the other way, you've got like you know, ten minutes, you've got to you got to walk to one. Right. Oh jeez. Uh, <laughs> I, I would probably walk to the forest now because I spend so much time at the beach. There you go. That's that's cool. Okay. Yeah. Paris or London? Paris. Beer or vodka? Green smoothies. (laughs) (laughs) I don't drink. That's a great, a great choice. Snow ski or water ski? uh water ski. Dinner out or dinner in? Probably dinner in. Okay, and the key question: Arnold Schwarzenegger or Sylvester Stallone? For jeez, I have to go, Annie.
1: Yes. He's, a, he's doing some good things in California.
0: There you go. That was the right answer. That was the only one with the correct answer at the end. No, but they're both. They're, <laughs> yeah. both, they're both way up. I'd love to have them on the show. <laughs> awesome. Okay, and we'll move on to the complete blank around. So this is where you just got to complete the blanks for me. And again, we'll just find out a little bit more about you and uh, sure, what makes you tick. Okay, so your best friend would describe you as. Charming. Your favorite movie of all time is. And Superhuman San... hasn't come out yet. Yeah, that's right.
1: Oh, uh, I would go with Samsara.
0: Samsara. Can you tell us a little bit more about that one?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, uh, there's actually two Samsara films out. Um, the f- initial one that first came out is a film set in Tibet about a Tibetan monk, amazing, beautiful film.
0: Okay. What, what year is that? Is that relatively new or when did that
1: come out? Uh, it was probably about 12 years ago. There was one came out last year by the guys that did Baraka. Um, Which was a um, just a visual feast, but the original Samsara was a story about a Buddhist monk that leaves the monastery after meditating for three years, three months, and three days, and then um, falls into the world of desire and greed and challenges his meditation practice. It's really cool. Okay, and it's got one of the most probably got one of the best love scenes in a film I've ever seen. That's a teaser trailer. All the guys are are going to be Googling it now.
0: (laughs) Brilliant. Your favorite place to visit is? Probably Bali. Okay, cool. This this all fits in with, you know, Bali, I just think of stillness meditation. That sounds good. If I was to visit your hometown, I should? Come surfing with me. (laughs) My opinion of Australians, was, you know, I think the world is like surfers, but surfing is whenever I need to be an Australian, <laughs> surfing always comes in somehow. I love it. Cool. How you say you're close to the beach as well? How close? Two minute drive. Oh my goodness. <laughs> five five minute bike ride. Awesome. So where exactly in Australia are you? I don't not sure if we've covered
1: that. I'm yet. in Sydney uh, in a suburb called Rose Bay, which is right next to Bondi.
0: Oh, beautiful. Yeah. No, I, I visited Sydney once, and yeah, that was the big not shocker, but I just couldn't believe how close. Obviously Sydney is and how quick you can get to Bondi. Just coming from close to London, you're nowhere near. You know, if you're in London you ain't getting to the sea anytime soon. (laughs) Okay, brilliant. Right, so we pretty much made it to the alpha round now. You've given some great advice, you know, on how to reduce stress, anxiety, depression. But I just wanna get some more sort of tools, tips and resources. And we start this off if there's any book recommendation that linked to this subject that you think would be a really good recommendation for my listeners.
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, obviously some content by Deepak Chopra who's uh, probably um, one of the people that puts this sort of knowledge out into the mainstream. He really sort of not dumbs it down but certainly makes yeah. it accessible for people. So, um, you know, he's got um, The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success is a great book um, which I highly recommend which is all sort of incorporating a spiritual perspective on successfulness. Yeah. Um, that's a really, really good book. Um, if you're getting into more sort of, esoteric stuff. One of my favorite books is one called Emmanuel's Book, which is uh, a very conscious viewpoint of the world from um, an enlightened state, I guess.
0: Brilliant. But is there a sort of high tech resource or productivity resource that maybe you use in your business and your life that really helps you? It could be linked to meditation. It doesn't have to be. It's completely up to you.
1: Uh, Yeah, look, I mean, running what I do now, which is a global sort of platform, um, you know, there's a number of different things that I, I couldn't live without really running my business. And one of them is Voxer which is an app for communication, okay. um, our, uh, it's just a, a walkie-talkie app but I, I, I live and breathe on it basically all day, every day with my PA, um, my, um, you know, my film crew and my um, other assistants. Um, Evernote is something I use every, every single day which is just a way of storing my files and writing content and keeping that in a cloud, um, yeah. really just taking everything off the computer and keeping it in the cloud, which is a really, really efficient way of running my business. And Basecamp is another thing that I use a lot for, um, you know, communicating within
0: the organization. Some brilliant resource in there. I wonder if there is anything linked to meditation that's quite a, a useful little tool? To yeah, life.
1: look, I mean, I think the guys that are running um, Headspace are doing some great things. And yeah. So, um, by all means, you know, check out Omvana is a great one. I've got a meditation. That's So two apps. One is Omvana, O-M-V-A-N-A. And Headspace, they're two really cool apps out there at the moment.
0: I was going to say, the Headspace, I'm pretty sure I've come across that on a flight recently. I think they had a little sort of 10-minute meditation on a, yeah. a flight across to the States, I think. So I checked that out, and yeah, it was very, very cool, very useful. Yeah, they're doing some good stuff. Oh, lovely. Okay, um, who do you think I should interview next or very soon? And usually look for maybe two recommendations, maybe one that you, you would actually like to tune in and listen to yourself, and it could be sort of you don't have to know the person. Then maybe one where it's uh, one of your little hidden gems, or someone that you think would be spot on for this show that you could maybe connect me with.
1: Yeah, I think um, you'll like this dude. He's he's a really edgy guy. Um, mm-hmm. He's from England, but he's doing some really great stuff over at Mind Valley in Kuala Lumpur at the moment. Uh, he runs a program called The Big Life, okay. and he interviews some of the the world leaders in sort of inspirational, transformational um, space. and His name's Carl Harvey. He's, uh, he's okay. Yeah, he's he's awesome, dude. He's doing some really cool stuff.
0: Brilliant. That sounds like an awesome recommendation. How how do you know about him? Have you just watched his work, or um, I it was
1: I met him when he was in living in Bondi. Uh, he was you know one of those English dudes that ends up in Bondi like <laughs> most of them. And um, we connected, and then he took a job over at uh, Kuala Lumpur doing some copywriting there for a lot of their um, a lot of their um, their copy. And now he's sort of running his own program called The Big Life, which is just Really sums everything up about this guy. He lives a big life. He's actually just on stage, I think, in the next day or two at Awesomeness Fest, um, in Mexico. So he's presenting a talk there. But, um, yeah, we, we spent a lot of time together and, um, yeah he's doing some awesome things does some really good copywriting as well
0: i know we've mentioned it we've mentioned it before in this interview but i just want to if people want to find out more about you what is the best way to connect with you and find out more um the best way would be to go to stillness project
1: and if they really want to spend a lot of time with me they'd come on my Bali retreat (laughs) uh which is six days of sheer joy otherwise they can um get on board the um stillness project and do the 21 day meditation program or um we do uh, four-nightly mentoring as well, which you'll see that on the website as well.
0: Perfect. Oh, thank you so much. Sometimes we like to start our interviews, but this time we're definitely going to end it because we just got straight into it. Like an alpha quote or a success quote or you know, a stillness quote, something that helps you live your life and keeps you on the straight and narrow, really resonates for you. Any quotes that spring to mind? Um, one that sort of
1: comes up for me a lot is uh, a Sanskrit co- quote, "Yogastha Kuru Kamani. Yogastha Kuru Kamani. And what it means is established in being, perform action. And being is the stillness, it's the silence, it's the non change. And when we, when when we make that our foundation, when we make that the basis of all our action, then it, it flows from a very powerful and calm space. And, um, that's just what I, you know, continue to try to practice throughout my days is just to stabilize things in that, in beingness and then operate from there.
0: A great way to end the uh, end the show, but I just wanted to also say, what is the one question you thought I was going to ask, or you wished I'd ask, and I missed a trick? Is there anything that comes to mind? <laughs> <laughs> that kind of covers me for everything. <laughs>
1: um, that's a really good question. Um, <laughs> I hadn't had any expectations, to be honest with you, and um, I thought maybe we, you might have asked um, more sort of um, business questions around how to be an entrepreneur and and what some tricks of the trade had I learned along the way to becoming an entrepreneur, whether it's a meditation teacher or not, it's still an entrepreneur. And I thought you might have asked some questions around that for your audience to get some tips on how to be an entrepreneur.
0: Oh man, I'm. You might have to come on again because, as I say, we have we haven't really had a, a a real solid episode about just the meditation. It's too much of a I would say an opportunity to get some really good sure. advice on meditation. I didn't want to kind of mm-hmm. dilute it, but that could be a teaser trailer for uh maybe coming back on in, in six months or around about the time when uh, superhuman <laughs> the film. Superhuman. Comes absolutely, <laughs> superhuman I'll be I'll be here to give us superpowers. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Tom, thank you so much for taking the time. of your evening now. What's the time there now? Uh, it's quarter to nine. Quarter so, to nine. Uh, to some, so, yeah, so. I've got an hour and fifteen minutes before bedtime. I was going to say. So we just talked about like taking on too much. He's he's talking to strange English people in the getting into his evening. So you you got to make sure you don't take on too much <laughs> and keep the yeah, balance. Yeah. So to go say goodnight to my kids as well. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, Tom, thank you so much for coming on today. Pleasure, mate. Great, Jeez, great chatting. Check out this fantastic podcast. Do the little guy a favour. Subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back. It would, Arnold, but on a serious note, guys, if you've been enjoying the previous 80-plus episodes, I would love so much. We've been downloading over 90 countries now, closing on that 100, but we're still only under 50 reviews, so if you can take literally the 60 seconds to head over to iTunes, actually subscribe, and then you can review the podcast with a simple one line of telling me your thoughts, be as honest as you want, I would really appreciate it. Obviously, this is a completely free podcast tool and if you found just one nugget from out of all them episodes that the world go around a bit of karma, if you could just get in there, give me a quick review and it will really make a big difference to the future of the podcast and how successful we can be moving in and closing in on our 100th episode. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart, guys. I really appreciate it and I see, I know the exact people who've left that reviews and I really rate you guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Live Limitless.